When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The Ruck from The Times and The Sunday Times. This is your special Women's World Cup podcast. The first round of the tournament is in the books and what a dramatic round that was. There's so much for us to get into today. I'm Jessica Hayden, rugby journalist at The Times, and I'm delighted to say hello to Rachel Burford, World Cup winner for England in 2014, who joins us all the way from New Zealand. Hi, Rachel. Hi Jess, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How was the journey that you mentioned last week? I think when we recorded last week, you were somewhere up in the air and you said you were spending about two days flying before finally getting to New Zealand. How was it? Yeah, it was a marathon. It was 60 hours in total. Um, But the good news is, is that because I think I was so shattered, I haven't had jet lag. So (laughs) I've slept through every night and everybody's hating on me because I haven't had jet lag and I haven't been waking up at four in the morning. Um, But no, yeah, it was a, a long old slog, but so worth it. And I literally landed straight into the thick of it. Um, day one at Eden Park. And what's the atmosphere like over there? It is like I've obviously played in a, a number of World Cups and, um, you know, probably looking at 2014, 17 and, and the magnitude that and the level that those World Cups are at. But this has a special and different feeling. Being at Eden Park um, with all the fans in the stand, around the stadium, it, it just had this most incredible feel about mm. it, that it was different, that it was time now for women's rugby to be on this global stage. Um, and the rugby, um, you know, le- kept up to its expectations. And there was just generally such an incredible feel. And, you know, then we went to Fungaray. And again, the atmosphere there was excellent. Even with the rain coming in, you know, at, at Fungaray, the the stadium's got banks around it and there was like kids running around and there was families and it just, it has a real different feel about it. And um, yeah, it's it's something I've not experienced. The first game, South Africa v France, just before it kicked off, I was standing at Eden Park and I just had goosebumps all over. Um, And yeah, I've not experienced that. I mean, I've been there as a player and not as a spectator, so I'm not sure 
the difference of those feelings but certainly the atmosphere was electric and you can just feel it bubbling everywhere around the grounds the hotels the brandings everywhere um and even at the hotels where the papers are it's covered in world cup um reports from the games at the weekend like everyone knows about the world cup that must be amazing for the players to see how well it's being received over in New Zealand. Have you had a chance to see any of the England players? Because I know, obviously, you're Harlequins captain. You, you, you're friends with a lot of the players. Have you had a chance to catch up with them? Yeah, I think they think I'm stalking them because <laughs> the first hotel I was in, I was with them, um, but only very briefly saw them. And then um, in Whangarei, I'm also at the same hotel. Um, I arrived today back from Auckland and I arrived to Carnage. All the girls had literally um, just jumped into the pool because they were <laughs> celebrating their physio, who's just um, ran the um, Whangarei marathon today. Wow. And they had all banners made up for her. They had like, you know, um, on the London marathon, because I believe she was meant to run the London marathon. Right. And because that was postponed, she then couldn't. So she's ran it here. And they made like um, a finish barrier for her to run through, did a medal ceremony for her. And um, Sarah Hunter dressed <laughs> up in the number ones. And it, it, I mean, it was really lovely that what they did. And then they chucked her in the pool and then everybody <laughs> jumped in. So, Poppy Cleo tried to come and say hello and give me a hug, but she was absolutely soaking wet. So I ran to my room as quickly as possible. Um, and it's at the carnage. That was four, four or five hours ago. And the carnage seems to be continuing because they're in the car park doing God knows what. But it sounds like they're having a good time. And what time is it over there for you? This is we're talking at eight, half eight. So it must be half eight at night for you over there. Hope, hopefully they get some rest. They've got a big game this weekend. Yeah, they well they've had today off, so they've had their feet up the majority of the day. Um, but yeah, it's half past eight now. They've got I bumped into Leanne uh, Infante and, and Jess Breach, who are having a coffee with Jess Breach's mum and dad, and and they said that tonight um, it's movie and face mask night. And I did get an invite, but I'm here with you guys. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, they they've got their levels right. They're having a good time and then reserving their energy so big day for them tomorrow captain's run um and then into it okay well as soon as we finish up here you can get that face mask on and join the girls <laughs> over there sorry that we ha we're keeping you from that um but it's a good show ahead we're going to hear from the scotland and england camps we're going to chat to scotland captain dr rachel malcolm and england's sadia kabea who was player of the match in that opening round against fiji as well as that, we'll be looking ahead to all this weekend's fixtures. Before that, though, let's quickly just review the first round. It was full of drama, wasn't it, Rachel? Like the Fiji-England game, I mean, in the first minute when Fiji made a breakthrough, the England defence, I thought, what is going to happen here? And then the, I mean, the Wales-Scotland game finishing with a last kick penalty. There was just so much drama. Yeah, and... Um... I was in the stands for the England-Fiji game and it felt like we were in Fiji. The crowd was so behind Fijiana. It was unreal to experience. And um, I was kind of, every time they were breaking the line or the couple of brilliant tries that they scored, I was kind of like standing up, like looking for somebody to talk this through, thinking what's going on? Yeah. Uh, but you've got to give them credit. They took some brilliant opportunities, um, you know, I've particularly loved um, Cessanet Sanelli's Donu's try through the middle, coming mm. back on the inside. You know, things that we haven't seen happen to England. Um, 
and you know I think for their first debut on the on the in the World Cup and to have scored tries against England who have one of the most prolific defense systems um was just magical for them and for the spectacle and then for England to as we knew England would have so much in the bank to to then open up in the second half and you know the variety that England really had in the way that they scored their tries and took their chances was the England that we knew um but you know big occasion you know it, it would have been a nervy start and we, we saw that across quite a few of the games in the first half you know New Zealand um France and England all had that kind of nervy 20-30 minutes and then found their feet so yeah that was drama um but good drama but then Wales topped that mm. absolutely I mean that game was uh it was so everybody went into that game saying this is the game we can't call we don't know which games which team's going to come out on top and um, very much like for like Scotland obviously lost them in the Six Nations but felt they should have won um, Wales started poorly against Scotland in that Six Nations and had that huge comeback. So had the belief that if they put an 80 minutes performance together, they would beat them. Um, but then to for Scotland to come back, or do the reverse to Wales and come back and and make it level just before 80 minutes and that kick of K- Kira Bevan, you know, for her to and it was incredible to watch that unfold. You could see the decision makers and the leaders thinking, right, what we're going to do. And she just looked up at the post and you saw her just kind of nod. Yeah, yeah. I've got that. And had this complete confidence about her that she was going to slot that ball. And I mean, Hannah Jones gave her the nod. Yep. Yeah, back you trust you. And yeah. And rounded up the round one of the opening weekend in great drama, great skill. And yeah, it was kind of like, okay, this World Cup's got plenty of drama to, to still unfold. Yeah, Kira said that she went back to her local pitch where she kicks with her dad. And she said it's a bit of a cliche, but she blocked everything out and just pretended she was back in Wales doing that. And I thought that was that was a lovely touch to to go back to, to that moment. For England, though, I mean, they won 84-19. So it's difficult, really, to, to say this was a disappointing weekend for them. But they're definitely learnings to be had from that match do you think there's anything that they'll have been working on this week defensively maybe yeah I think you know it's you look at that scoreline and you think you know what's there to be disappointed but you know they had unforced errors um they were tested like they haven't been before through the mid like Fiji got around them got through them on multiple occasions and it was you know at times a lot of Fiji's error count that then didn't continue to put that pressure on England so you know they'll tidy those things up they'll probably work on their connections on kick chase because that was an area of the counter attack from Fiji that kind of opened them up um their discipline you know England's discipline record is normally very good and mm. they racked up 12 penalties in that game which again is not like them um but they didn't quite get the collision area right and you know I'd be 
I would say that that was probably an area that they put a bit of a, a session in this week around those because they're looking at that double tackle. Yeah, They want to make sure that they're dominating those hits. England didn't have any dominant tackles, which is normally the time when they're hitting teams back. And then that's where they get those opportunities for a turnover or it's really hard then for an opposition to attack because they're not on any front foot. Fiji created that for themselves. So I would suspect that this week they've had a look at their collision um, area, especially coming up against such a physical force of France. You're right. This weekend, England face France, and that's a huge clash. It's often the game that the Women's Six Nations comes down to. Before that, though, we're heading into the Scotland camp to chat to Dr Rachel Malcolm, the Scotland captain, about that dramatic first round match against Wales. Now I'm joined by Dr Rachel Malcolm, the Scotland captain. Rachel, how are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Um, just at the, the tail end of a nice day off. Um, so ready to go again, training tomorrow. Oh, what have you been up to today then? Uh, a lot of the girls have been at some of the gorgeous beaches near here. Uh, I personally have been drinking coffee and resting. But <laughs> um, then we've all just been to uh, the cinema to watch um, a movie together, which was pretty cool. I've been seeing lots of players out on their coffee runs and seeming to love the coffee. Is it particularly good coffee out there or something? Yeah, coffee in Auckland particularly actually probably was um, the best place. But uh, Fangarai's also got lots of good coffee shops. So yeah, we've been making the most of that in our downtime. You'll have to give Rachel Burford some coffee place suggestions then. Um, and in the cinema, what were you watching? We saw, so we we got to vote. I can't actually remember what the other options were, but we watched um, Don't Worry Darling, which mm. was not what we thought it was going to be. <laughs> it, was, it was a psychological thriller, um, which had a very quite bizarre ending um and has left us all feeling like we're gonna get nightmares tonight but um (laughs) it was good just to get out and switch off from rugby and and have a laugh together yeah that sounds really nice obviously the weekend didn't go to to plan for for scotland it was a tough match but you know what are your reflections on that game yeah i think um like the the key ones are that we actually we did a lot of good within within the game although obviously we narrowly came out on the wrong side of it and i think the biggest kind of take home was not taking points when we had pressure and um, we created huge amount of opportunities which we let ourselves down on which although it's hard at the time it makes kind of change for the next match that little bit easier that there are things that we can fix and um, we've got a huge amount of learning off the mm. back of it but um, I think like defensively we put in a really good performance um, which we can take huge confidence from because um, obviously Australia like to throw the ball around and, and play pretty wide so we're going to have to be pretty hot in terms of our defence but from an attack point of view like we've looked at some small fixes which hopefully should get us some some good change. Yeah, we should say you made 24 tackles against Wales on the weekend. That was the joint highest number of tackles made in the first round. That's incredible, Rachel. And, you know, you say you were defending for, for quite a lot of it. You made some really good defensive decisions. Now, I guess, yeah, you're right. It's just about tidying up the attack and making sure that Australia, um, you can get some points there. Obviously, you know, the Wales game was a lot of people saying that could potentially be the third place decider and that could be enough to go through. Is there kind of like added pressure now going into Australia and New Zealand or do you do you feel, you know, just tell me really how you're feeling ahead of Australia and then New Zealand? 
Uh, well, we definitely not made our lives easy. <laughs> That's probably one way of putting it. Um, we've definitely, obviously, made our kind of route. Um, if we if we make that into that quarterfinal, that little bit harder. Mm. Um, but I do still think like there is so much to be kind of fought for at this point and that's that's our view on it we always knew that you know even if we'd got that draw we would still only have one more point um so it's we we would always have had to got some get something from this game or the next one so we're just looking at it that we've just got to go and fight we've got to put in the performance of our lives um which i've no doubt that that everyone will will do their utmost to do um but we're just excited to, you know we've got another opportunity to go out and build on the good things that we've done in the first week and you know try and capitalize on that pressure and those chances that we're creating and rachel how have you as a team you know approach this week going into that game is that mental side of it you know the pressure that this game potentially is for you like how's the team gone about their way in terms of the mental side of things yeah that's been quite tough if I'm honest um obviously to lose at the death is always pretty heartbreaking and I've always been of the opinion that you shouldn't try to just like shut off those feelings straight up like straight off the bat and um, we obviously had a day off the day after the game and I kind of said to the group that you know we just need to do individually whatever it is you need to do to be in a place to to fully focus the next day when we went back to the training pitch and have your mind set on what's next um and for some people that is just to completely switch off from it for some people it's to wallow in it a little bit for a day which is kind of what I do um and I kind of channel that energy into the next thing so I think it's really important to recognize that not everyone's the same in that situation so mm. we kind of all gave each other a little bit of space for 24 hours to bring ourselves back around and then came together ahead of our, our first training session and, and just got our minds on on the next task and and just had that kind of attitude and that togetherness that we've we've had the whole way through this last kind of six years in terms of every challenge that we've faced and I can't fault how how the girls have approached training this week and and how the mindset's just gradually changed and you can just feel that kind of excitement building again uh, I think particularly today just a little bit of time away from rugby and almost to switch off and just remember why we're here and, and enjoying it. And yeah, I think, I definitely think like it's, it's taken a few days um, as it always does after, a, after a tough loss, but we're definitely in a good place now mentally and physically as well. It was a pretty tough match, um, a tough match at the weekend. So it's taken a few days for the bodies to, to start to feel ready to play a match in a couple of days too, but we're definitely there now. And, and that also helps with just building that excitement that you're ready to go and, and hit people again. <laughs> so Australia lost 17-41 to New Zealand in the first round. Have you watched that match and reviewed it and, and spotted anything that you want to capitalise on in their game? Uh, yeah, like I've watched a, a huge amount of Australia and I think, I think they're a team which have built a huge amount over, over the last couple of months. They've played a huge keep saying the word huge and large number of um of matches in the last wee while and I do think they have gotten better every single time they, they've mm -hmm. gone out um I think that like first 20 minutes against New Zealand shows um quite how dangerous they can be if they get kind of I guess fast front football so it's about kind of how we can as a defense slow that down and and um, stop them having such quick breakdowns and obviously they're very strong over ball in defence as well so the breakdown area is going to be a really key battle for for us um, but it's I think like I said before it's, it's, it's about focusing on us and, and we know that we we did a lot of good at the weekend and it's about kind of channeling that and building on those good parts and and taking that to them so although like we've obviously looked at looked at Australia and what they'll bring you know we know that if we get 
our process is right in terms of our set piece, which I thought was really strong at the weekend. If we get that right again um, and we build on that pressure and that that momentum that we have, then the line breaks will come and, and hopefully the points will come as a result. And you obviously saw the strength of Australia in that first opening 20, 25 minutes and you, you felt that also from Wales. What have you guys got to get right from the off of that game in order to, to not you know, have to be chasing the game? I think like a big part of it is looking after our own ball. Um, you know, we're a team which are quite comfortable when we don't have the ball, but I think in that first 20 minutes to get a handle of the game, we need to look after our own ball better. Um, so that was, that's, that'll be a key focus for us. And obviously playing that territory battle and winning that territory battle early also just takes that pressure off. Um, you know, that first 20 minutes against Wales, it, it just felt like every time we did something good, we kind of just counter acted it with with ending up back in our own 22 which is really tough whereas in the second half we kind of had the other side of that so it's about I guess winning that territory battle as early as we can but also just looking after our own ball when we have it. Thank you Rachel. Fans who want to watch Scotland versus Australia can do so it's 3am if you're in the UK on Saturday and it's a 3pm kickoff in New Zealand and that will be live on ITV. And now we head into the England camp to chat to Sadia Kabea, the player of the match against Fiji. Sadia, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Doing well. Good, good. So that match, I mean, it's not a bad way to start your World Cup career with a player of the match performance in your debut. What was it like? Um, it was it was crazy, yeah. I mean, first World Cup, first game. Um, you know, it's just amazing to be here and to be training, let alone to have some time on the pitch um, and for it to be such a um, tough game as well, especially in that first half and coming away with the play of the ma- match, yeah, I'm over the moon. I mean, it's been, it's been a great start to the tournament. I've heard a lot about the trophies that you get for player of the match. What's special about them? Uh, so the trophy has like a little soundbite of commentation from the game and uh, commentary from the um, commentators about you and um, oh. has a little bit of some uh, some music on it as well so it's, yeah it's very cool. Have you had a listen to what the trophy says about your performance? Yeah so um, they actually took the trophy away and came back 30 minutes later and um, told me how to use it and yeah it's very cool it's got like general commentary on it and then like, at the end it's like play all the match go society Kabea which is a pretty cool um I was it's quite long it's about five minutes and I was listening to it and they were filming so I was just standing there for five minutes like <laughs> listening to this trophy well yeah it's very cool what a lovely thing to to hang on to remember your first ever World Cup match obviously it was a it was a fantastic result for England 84-19 but after the first couple of minutes it looked like the game could genuinely go either way we knew that you know we know England are so strong and would come back very very strong but what what were those thoughts maybe in the first five minutes? Was there any panic in the team? I think we went into the game not knowing what Fiji could throw at us. You know, it's their first World Cup, um, their seventh ever uh, international game together. And we've seen what they could do in the seventh circuit. So we knew they'd bring that kind of flair to the game. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, we were all taken aback a bit in that first half. Um, especially the first 10 minutes, I think everyone was a bit ran about, a bit ran ragged, <laughs> not knowing <laughs> if we could last the whole game. Um but yeah, hats off to them. They brought a lot to us in that first half and a lot of stuff that we would not have seen from other teams. So yeah, they gave us a good a good fight in that first half. 
Tanya, how did it feel playing in front of that crowd? Because I was sitting in it and it felt like everybody was <laughs> screaming, go Fiji, go, which we normally hear on the seventh circuit. I mean, yeah. it literally felt like we were in Fiji. What did that feel like? Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. I don't know how to describe that. All I remember is um, walking over to a line out and they were like, right, everyone cheer for England. And we got like, a good cheer. And then they said cheer for Fiji and the stadium like, absolutely erupted. I remember thinking like, okay, this is what a world cup crowd sounds like like it was so <laughs> loud and so crazy um but i mean yeah, yeah it's it's amazing to play in, in front of that kind of crowd but you got you got to get used to it a bit just to to clarify i was one of the ones cheering when they said who's cheering for england <laughs> so if you did hear any solo that was me <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Sadia, you've been used to playing in front of very supportive crowds in england especially this summer it must be so yeah. different to head over to New Zealand and face a crowd that are quite hostile towards you. Yeah, I think the only uh, similar experience we've had is when we go to France, I mean, play France there. Mm. Um, I mean, that's the only similar experience we've had. But yeah, it is very, very different. And I think um, this week, coaches have factored in um, having that different stimulus um, because we're not used to it. As you said, we're not used to having that um, crowd who are not there to support us. Um but I think we're taking it in our stride. It's not, it's not been too distracting. And now we know what to expect. We're ready to go into next week. And this weekend, it's England versus France. Sada, you're not playing, but how have the squad been preparing for this match? Uh, I think we've kept the same, uh, the same training, the same regime. And we go into each game, uh, clean slate. Um, we've, done our, we've done our analysis on France, of course. We played them a few times. You know, it's going to be a tough game. They're very physical. They're very fast. And they play a very similar game of rugby. Um, to us so it's kind of like <laughs> kind of like playing yourselves but with an extra bit of French flair so we've um, trained uh, as France like against England as well so we're very prepared to see what's coming towards us but um, been the same been the same training but I think mentality, mentality switched a bit because we know it's going to be a very tough game. Sorry, what do you have to get right this weekend to beat France? Definitely our defence um, they, they've got Sam Suu to the sniping line. They've got huge ball carriers who will go through the middle. Um, we've been working on defence the whole of pre-season and we know if we can get those big tackles in, we keep our heads up, they can't get through us. So it's just making sure that we keep the ball and we keep them off the ball. And if our defence is tight, we know we can do that. And have you been preparing outside of training? I hear, well, Rachel Burford, she was complaining a bit earlier on about <laughs> the, the loud cricket balls hitting the, the hotel. I hear that you've been playing cricket. How's that been going? Yeah, so because of the 8pm uh, kickoff, they're trying to get us to stay up past 8 um, for the past for the next couple of days. And so today our activity was playing cricket um, <laughs> outside in the car park um, at 8pm. Yeah, it was very loud. It was coaches be players and always get very, very competitive. Um, Mids is definitely the captain of the coaches team. <laughs> and you've got Pops and <laughs> Poppy and Hannah Bottoman, captain basically of the players team. So it got a bit round up and yeah, I'm sure. But I could have could have heard, heard all the cheers yeah. and the screams. Um, Sounds like the players won by the sounds yeah, the play- of what was coming out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the players, the players definitely won. I think he won by a mile. <laughs> I mean, Sadia, how important is it to have that kind of a little bit of switch off and the serious night? Like, it's a long campaign. It's a big game this weekend. Like, how important is it to get that balance right throughout the week? Yeah, it's very important, especially when we have big games coming up each week. You know, we're coming out of a game week feeling quite tired and, you know, we've got to stay focused for the training. But 
we always need that time to switch off and whether that's going out for a coffee with your friend or having a team switch off um yeah it's really good to have that reset and it makes us uh ready to go for the next training session this weekend is also a huge occasion for Captain Sarah Hunter, who will reach her 137th cap. That will be joined on the record with Rocky Clark for the highest number of caps for a man or woman um, for an England rugby player. Sadia, yeah. as a younger player in the squad, what's Sarah's leadership been like? Yeah, I mean, she's an amazing captain. Um, I also have the pleasure of playing with her at uh, for Lightning, so... Um, I see her at club and country and she's great at leading the team. Um, she's a very experienced head and she's also a friendly face. Um, she also likes a bit of fun, which is always good to have from your captain to know you can have a laugh and a joke with them. But when it comes down to the like nitty gritty, she's, she knows what to say. She knows what the team need and what we need to succeed. Um, Cause uh, she's been a great, great leader, a great captain. And personally for you, you're not playing this weekend. We hear that it's just a minor knee injury and you should be absolutely fine for future rounds. Um, how are you feeling? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling good now. I uh, had a little knock from the game on the weekend and the coach, the physio team did a great job of uh, managing. I said it was aggressive niggle management <laughs> to make <laughs> sure that um, uh, I'd be fit uh, for next week. Um, but feeling good now and hoping to go into next week round to go and put my name forward for, for the game. Of course, and you can enjoy the atmosphere from the sidelines and, and see what it means to play at a World Cup. And I think that's a, a great position to be in. A fantastic performance against Fiji, Sadia, and looking forward to seeing you back. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program. Now, finally, let's look ahead to the fixtures this weekend. There's Scotland versus Australia at 3am on Saturday, USA versus Japan at half five, and then the final match on Saturday is France versus England. On Sunday, Italy-Canada, Wales-New Zealand, Fiji-South Africa. There's lots to get our teeth into here, Rachel. What match are you looking forward to the most? Oh, I've got a few. I'm definitely looking forward to, obviously, England-France for the pool decider. Um, ultimately um, and given their history I'm also really looking forward to seeing how Scotland respond against Australia Um, and then the other game I'm excited for is Italy versus Canada Mm. both you know day one games very strong both coming out on the wins Um, this was a pool that felt really wide open to me in who might qualify in the who might top the pool Um, and based on what you saw in the weekend you know plenty of strengths from both of the teams so I think that game is going to be a great game. We should say Italy beat the USA 22-10 and really stood out as a team that looked like they've improved a lot this summer. What do you what impressed you about them in the first round Italy? I they're attacking um flair. I thought they didn't have much possession but when they did they really came alive. Mm. Um, you just got to look at some of the tries. That twenty-two ten doesn't sound like a really comfortable win, but it really was. They early on in that game, USA came flying out the blocks, um, and Italy were a bit slow. But once they got the ball in their hands, the interlink play, the handling, they changed a few variations, getting a few players on a shoulder ball. So, um, you know, coming out of the line late and catching defenders off guard. And I really thought the their back line in particular looked really, really good. Rigoni was excellent. And their entire back three, Magatti's try was absolutely sensational. So if they can bring that element alive, then they're going to cause Canada a lot of problems. Rigoni is a player to watch out for if you're not that familiar with the Italy team and I met her at the Women's Six Nations launch in March and we had all the captains there and and Rigoni was there and I said oh so have you been confirmed as captain for this tournament and she said I am number one player (laughs) she's not sure (laughs) if she was captain but she's number one and she's my number one player for Italy I think she's fantastic let's turn our attention to Wales New Zealand obviously Wales are Boyd, I, I guess we could say, by that win against Scotland. It was such an important win for them. But unfortunately, Alicia Butchers was injured and that's the end of her World Cup. She's gone back to Wales to have more assessment and potentially surgery. Facing New Zealand on home turf is a huge challenge. How do you reckon Wales are going to cope against them? Oh, it, it is going to be a really big challenge. But you know what Wales are like, they're up for anything and... They're so passionate about what they do that they will ignore all of those kind of external factors of any kind of pressure. It's New Zealand, it's on their home turf and go, do you know what? Brilliant. We get to play New Zealand at a World Cup on their home turf. This is the party we want to upset. And that's kind of their mentality. And that can be a dangerous thing um, for an opposition. So, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, a tough game. Uh, physically, mm. it's going to be pretty big. Losing Alicia Butchers is huge 
for Wales. She's such an interlinked player. You know, she can play like a back and plays like a forward. She's all over the park. So her absence will be very evident on on, a, on the weekend. But the other area that if they don't tidy up their discipline, then New Zealand will punish them. Um, and that's something that New Zealand will be chasing after. And finally, if we just preview France-England, it's a huge match. As I've said before, it's the game that the Women's Six Nations, the winner of it is usually decided in that match. We spoke to Sadia a little bit earlier about that match. Marley Packer is back in the squad. What what does that mean for the squad? I mean, potentially the best player in the world at the moment, according to her coach, Simon Middleton at least. Will she add something extra to, to England's attack? Oh, absolutely. She'll add intensity, um, her physicality and turnovers. You know, she her ability to jackal and turn over the ball at critical moments. If you look back in, in times of these type of big games, big moments, she's the one who's in the thick of it. And mm. when you have a player like that right in the middle, you know, capitalising on those things, then that galvanises the team. It lifts them. She's such a big character and motivator that everybody just wants to follow with her and wants to get on the Marley train and (laughs) so it's such a significant um it's so significant that she is fit um you know Sadia was excellent last weekend played really well and but Marley's got a different level to her and you know she's just got that real kind of dog and mouse about her and Mm. that I've said it before she she's a different breed of player and there's there's not I, I can't name another player that has that kind of instinct and the way that she plays I can't name another player like it um so she'll be huge for them that experience that Marley's got specifically against France I'm sure will come in really handy and speaking of experience this match will be Sarah Hunter's 137th appearance for England she'll be joint with Rocky Clark as the most capped England player man or woman of all time you've played with Sarah just can you speak to how impressive it is that she's played 137 times for England or she will have done by the end of this weekend. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, you know, we we get excited about one cap, then getting into double digits, then hitting the 50 mm. and then you start creeping up and then, and then some of the players are reaching 100, which is just remarkable. And then, you know, everybody always refers to Rocky Clark. She played 137 and, and we should caveat the fact that that was in the front row. So she should almost <laughs> have another 100 caps just to add to that. Um, but the longevity of the players that hit these milestones is unbelievable. It's a real testament to how they go about their business and the fact that, you know, even over those times, Sarah's had a number of injuries. She's had a number of setbacks, but she's always grafted hard to get herself back into the best position get herself back and 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 come back and be the leader for the team um you know you can't underestimate just how much work and dedication and focus that she's had to put in to earn every single one of those caps um so yeah I think it's remarkable and I think it's wonderful that England have so many players in that huge bracket of over 100 caps. And now we're looking at, you know, Rocky Clark has held that record for so long. 
we're now seeing another player potentially take that. Um, so yeah, it, it's remarkable, and and I'm sure she'll be quietly, you know, very pleased that she's been a player that's that's been that's achieving that. Um, you know, she's been through some real heartache as an England player. Um, you know, she. 2010, 14, 17, obviously 14 wasn't heartbreak, <laughs> um, but 17, particularly 17 as she was captain, um, having been vice captain for the, the year that we won it. Um, you know, that all comes into play as well. So I think, you know, she'll have that quietly a proud moment, but the professional that she is, she'll be like, look, this isn't about me. This is about the game and the job that we've got in hand. And again, that's probably a marker and a sign of, of how and why she's such a great player and still where she is now is because of that mindset. Thanks, Rachel. Well, we won't keep you much longer, so you can go and get that face mask on and, and join the girls there if you want to. This has been The Ruck from The Times and The Sunday Times. It has been great to chat to Sadi Kabea and Dr Rachel Malcolm and get the insight on the World Cup. We'll be back on Monday with your usual roundup of everything that happens over the weekend in the Gallagher Premiership. And I'll be back next Thursday with Rachel for another podcast focused on the Women's World Cup. Until then, make sure you follow and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts from. And thank you for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.